You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Take a popular New Zealand sci-fi trilogy called Deepwater, set largely on a ship of the same name, and adapt it for television. Release it to the rest of the world as Deepwater Black, but in America, call it Mission Genesis. Welcome to Corporate Programming. I'm Earl Green, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for July 21st. And today, we take a deep dive into Deepwater Black, or that other name. New technology grows like kids grow. They start off cute, then they start to walk and do things. They're often still cute, but unless it's yours, it probably isn't going to hold your attention for long. Tron and The Last Starfighter were the cute baby pictures of CGI. As it continued to improve, TV mostly stayed away since good CGI could take weeks to render. Even Max Headroom, who had every reason to use the limited CGI of the day, stuck with practical effects. But by 1997, producers saw Babylon 5 doing it, so they figured they could save a few bucks on Deepwater Black. They also saved money on costumes, bracing for walls and doors, and all the little greeblies throughout the ship. Then they hired a cast of unknowns, none of whom apparently had any experience working with green screen. So, okay, production-wise, Deepwater Black isn't Babylon 5. How is it as sci-fi? Well, um, it isn't Babylon 5. A virus has obliterated life on Earth in the 22nd century, but mankind managed to outfit an ark ship with everything needed to repopulate the planet. Six young people are in cryonic suspension. They're awakened when the ship is attacked by an unknown alien. What they come to grips with in the midst of the attack is that they have huge gaps in their memories, which are only slowly filling in. They manage to work out their specialties on the ship, though they don't know why they're on the ship. Eventually, they realize they're all clones, and they learn what their mission is. They also discover they've been in suspension for 500 years. After some initial difficulties, we also get introduced to the seventh crew member, the holographic ship's computer known as Genesis. The concept of the story is intriguing. It certainly hits home more now than it did in 1997, but the screenwriters took great liberties with the original books. There is very little material that made it to the screen. For one thing, the crew members were teenagers in the books. The crew is attractive, as you'd expect. The series opens with Nicole de Boer waking up and taking a shower. You may remember Nicole as Esri Dax in the last season of Deep Space Nine. Another face you may recognize is Gordon Michael Wolvett, a.k.a. Seamus Harper, from Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. But beautiful people aren't enough to carry an entire series. The writing is often too compressed, as if they're simply trying to pack too much storyline into 30 minutes and having to take shortcuts. You can see the actors at times anticipating the dialogue and queuing up their lines. They're also woefully unfamiliar with how to react to green screen events or even how to shake in your chair properly during space storms. Much of this no doubt comes down to direction or lack thereof. Again, this may ultimately have more to do with the seemingly non-existent budget than subpar direction. This was the Sci-Fi Channel's first original series. That may have contributed to the corporate committee quality of the production. It's entirely possible a lot of executive cooks were trying to stir the pot at the same time.
Deepwater Black isn't entirely without merit. It raises some interesting concepts, including some which seem much more relevant in a world with COVID. The space arc idea is always interesting, even if it's not always well handled, and it's actually well considered in this series. It goes beyond the scheme of freezing people until they reach a habitable world. In fact, the concepts it plays with are about the only way it could have garnered a 7.4 rating on IMDb. It only lasted for 13 half-hour episodes, so if you're looking for something off the beaten path and your production standards aren't too high, you might take your own dive into Deepwater Black. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for July 21st. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.